This is Cage's Kiss, the ultimate cage cast, where we discuss each of the National Treasure's cinematic masterpieces and his life. We also try to glean whatever kernels of wisdom we can from his character that week. My name is Linda, but you can call me... How are you alive? Space? <laughs> I don't know. Well, strange I don't know. I'm the blasted really heath. shouldn't be. Don't go out on the blasted heath now. That's what my mom always told me. I'm also known as Adrian, Stranger. And I'm just a piece of glowing meteor that really doesn't like Will Wheaton, apparently. Will Wheaton. But, yeah, I think we're all, a, as Linda coined it, a nice menagerie of monsters. <laughs> it's a zoo from hell. And we have an awesome guest with us this week. Do you care to uh, introduce yourself, sir? Sure. This is Steve from Origin of Speaksies. Um, I get to talk Cage with some great people and also alpacas. <laughs> this night just keeps getting better. Alpacas. And I, I do have to say also, Linda told me that I was the second, I was your replacement for, because you couldn't get Darcy the male girl. Yeah. <laughs> and when she told me that, that totally made sense because when you can't get Diana Prince, aka Darcy the male girl, I'm the logical. Next best option. So thank you guys very much. Yeah. 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 This is close as I'll ever get to her. So this is pretty good for me. Well, you know, everybody's always confusing you guys. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They even finish each other's sentences. Am I right? (laughs) I would just advise everyone stay away from Pornhub with that. Thank you very much. Oh, but uh, also, uh, I, I I have to say I love your show, and I'm just jealous that I hadn't thought about it before, <laughs> because it's Thank such you. a cool idea, and uh, you guys are just, you're awesome, and uh, really do your homework. Well, thank you so much, and I have to give credit to my podcast partner, Scott. It is his idea. He had a, he was at a bar a couple years ago, and a guy told him he liked the cut of his jib, and that, that was the spark that lit our podcast empire. So he gets credit for the idea. I get credit for showing up and making smart mouth comments. He does and the And then the guy work. in the bar said, 23 skadoo. <laughs> yeah. Which also is an episode we did too. Oh, yeah. My parents lied to me and told me that that phrase was in fact meaningless. And then many years later, I saw a film strip and learned that they were liars. Lying liars. <laughs> And never trusted anything your parents said again. Well, basically. Which is the yeah. lesson of this movie, I think. <clears throat> what, what are you talking yeah. about, Donnie? You know that smell. You know that cancer smell. <laughs> this rotting smell. What are we and talking about, Linda? It was, um, oh, I was just going to say it's because of Steve that we got this amazing gift that we're going to have to share on uh, Twitter, too. Oh, a gift you got? No, a GIF. G-I-F. The gift G-I-F. of second sight that G-I-F. you two got uh, when the visitor came to your farm and when you, you were children and then you had a really special summer and you were able to get that old lady out of that coma and that dog talked to you too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, same one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if it's not obvious, we uh, today we are covering Color Out of Space. I believe yes. it's the <laughs> Color Out of Space. Color with a U, by the way. Yeah, color. 
it I like if you're if you have a friend who drinks fancy French teas, mm-hmm. you want to have a movie with color with a U in it. So that that's good. I think it's fitting. Indeed. Qu'est-ce que c'est and avec and such like. Yeah. A boussafoul half a ville. Um, do any of you want to uh, try to summarize? Oh, I'm oh, glad you show. asked. You do it. The name <laughs> Blasted Heath seemed to me very odd and theatrical, and I wondered how it had come into the folklore of a Puritan people. Then I saw that dark westward tangle of glens and slopes for myself, and ceased to wonder at anything beside its own elder mystery. Well, that's it. So, Thanks Linda, for you're all hoes. You have a Lovecraft fan. Can you make sense on. of Adrian's bullshittery? <laughs> We're watching this Richard Stanley movie from 2019 called The Color Out of Space. Well, thank you, Linda. That's my <laughs> name. I'm Linda. <laughs> I don't feel so well lately. I'm Linda. <laughs> oh, my God. It was like I was talking without even opening my mouth. Because you weren't. You're stuck to Adrian's back. Because yeah. that's what you get. <laughs> Tony, the reactor. <laughs> the light hurts, Quaid. <laughs> um, I, I, how the hell do you summarize the, the movie? I mean... Um, Okay, so Nicolas Cage gets to play a father figure uh, whose wife is uh, a a, a recovering cancer uh, patient. Sounds like breast cancer. And business lady. Um, And a business lady. (laughs) She she does business. Sophisticated Um, lady. (laughs) Is... Daughter is a practicing Wiccan, and um, he has two sons, uh, Jack and Benny, oddly enough. Um, and, uh, uh, okay, yeah, so they're on a farm. They used to live in the city, but now they live in a, a farm where uh, she's still, the mom's still doing business, and... Um, He's trying to grow, <laughs> grow tomatoes and, and raise llamas and peaches yeah, or alpacas. Alpacas. Big difference between yes. alpacas and and llamas. Al- alpacas are like the fancy French tea drinking types, <laughs> and the the llamas are like they're buying the beers, not even buying like a six pack of beer. They're buying like the twenty four ounce can of beer. Yes. At the convenience store and drinking Ooh, in the parking are Keith lot. Stone. And they're all about the yelling out freedom. They're no, no, no. That's a different breed. It's kind of like the people that buy the big ass bottle of oh, this is a banana nut bread stout. Ah, I will take this home. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, that's me. A seasonal Fuck. sison. Oh my, this what? will go just wonderfully with this evening. On this podcast, though, when it comes to the beer drinking, I'm the one in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. So. But, uh, Family on a farm. Um, meteor, meteor hits. Spits out. Meteor yeah. shit. Um, and, and it's got this like uh, this color, you know, like I never saw a color like that before. Yeah, it's and magenta. weird plants start growing around, uh, <clears throat> and uh, they start losing their minds. And and Ward um, Phillips and and Tommy Chong are there. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> 
but yeah, it's it's nice. It's trippy. It's uh, fantastic. Mm. Uh, it's and you uh, don't get it, man. Fiction. What's out there is in here now. <laughs> Dave's not here, man. So, <laughs> and I gotta say, I. But like when this, I first heard about it, I was like, uh, wait, Richard Stanley's back and he's working with Nicolas Cage. He's Holy back shit. back in the New York groove, man. So for those who don't know, uh, Richard Stanley, uh, is, well, he's fucking amazing. Um, he's had a couple great. Uh, indie hits that became uh, cult classics. And he's from South Africa. And Dust Devil. And uh, if you haven't seen the uh, documentary Lost Soul, um, (coughs) I would highly recommend it. Though he would not. (laughs) I don't know if he would. No, he he uh, really He seems to come off pretty good. He comes off pretty good in that. Yeah, I think If you're a Val Kilmer or Marlon Brando fan... Maybe not as well, much. Well, we know why yeah. Val Kilmer yeah. was acting the way he was acting on that one. Even though he is, in general, kind of a prick on that one, he just lost his dad, you know. You know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's extra. Yeah, extra but, Val Kilmer. Um, no, extra, Val Kilmer is reported to be an ass. He no, no. Yeah, other he's sex, just... No he, no, he is. It's just on that one, like, he was Which ass plus because of that. Which is because I love him. We can still love him, you know. We, we you can yeah. You can learn to forgive Linda, maybe for once. I don't know. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's kind of hard, though, if you want to find (laughs) Richard Stanley's films, because especially Hardware, that is a very, very hard movie to come by. Which I don't get, because it's so freaking bitchin', dude. Mm. It really is. I mean, it's a very cool That VHS used to be in, like, every mom-and-pop rental store in the 90s. Remember that? I still have it. Yeah. 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 I I have it, too, around here somewhere. Yeah. You know, now that you say that, you're kind of triggering a memory. It's almost like if you got a small business license to have your own video store, that was with it. That and, like, the stuff. (laughs) (laughs) It was just, like, a couple, like, obligatory movies you had to have to be a mom-and-pop video store. I've talked a lot about that in my uh, October horror movie reviews. Just always loving seeing, like, you still have in your mind specific artwork from posters you saw. Like, seeing cardboard cutouts for Silent Night, Deadly Night, and just having the frickin' Mm -hmm. hand with the axe on top of the rooftop through the chimney. And Mutant was always on those shelves, and it always looked so bitchin', and then years later you see it and realize that Rift Tracks was doing it and deserved it. Yeah, and then you always remember that what's behind that beaded curtain that you're not supposed to go in that room just wasn't really worth it. (laughs) Who's behind the door? And our parents didn't watch us close enough to not notice that we were going back. Well, you know, Aladdin, Debbie Does Dallas, same movie, really. (laughs) Riff Raff, Street Rat, I would tap that. (laughs) But of course, uh, when we're talking about uh, Lost Soul, it's a documentary based on the making of the crazy-ass story of uh, the making of The Island of Dr. Moreau. And uh, Richard Stanley was attached to it until I think the third day of shooting <laughs> and which he got fired and he just kind of, um, then he hid in the uh, jungle and set fire to the set. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they were behind on a lot of stuff. They were going way over budget. Brando was being mm-hmm. Brando and he always will. Yeah. It was you just know. not a cool time to be fair. Play devil's advocate for Brando. I, I believe his daughter had just killed herself the day. Oh my God. We're supposed to start. That shooting. movie was fucking well... <laughs> smited by God. 
And then you get when poor you John Frankenheimer trying to talk to yeah. people in a language you don't know because you're trying to buy a prostitute. Your life kind of has different changes to it. <clears throat> so yeah, no, it's been reported he used to have his daughter talk to prostitutes so he could get them in bed, but he couldn't speak their language all the time. So she oh, had a. It's a viable system. So. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> so, so buying your Colorado space. It happened on uh, September seventh of two thousand nineteen. Uh, the budget is reported being anywhere from six to twelve million dollars. It earned a tad over one million because audiences suck so thoroughly, and it probably didn't get a proper yes. release. Um, it didn't get well, a proper release. It didn't release really. At all. I mean, I had very, to see it. At, uh, yeah, I had to see it at a film festival, uh, sort of thing, like a very limited release. Yeah, m- most things that are even decent only get a limited release, unfortunately, because um, yeah. studios yeah. are like, "Oh no, this is actually decent. Oh no, we can't have people seeing this." Oh, sorry. But, uh, yeah, no, this, but unlike most Cage movies, especially unlike most Cage movies where he's in a prominent role, this actually opened at the domestic box office in some capacity, and it reached all the way up to number 24, which is also excellent for Nicolas Cage in the 2010s. Um, <laughs> it was behind stuff like Bad Boys for Life and Doolittle and that Little Women remake. Um, oh, that's right. Robert Downey <clears throat> Jr. was in Doolittle. Yeah, I think he wouldn't want you to remember that he was, but he certainly was. Um, yeah. They should have paired this. That would have been a good, like, yeah. double feature. Maybe, you know, that people are doing drive-ins <laughs> now. Oh, yeah. Doolittle. Really and then, yeah. you know, get ready for some alpaca, alpaca action. Yeah. <laughs> if only. Those the- alpacas aren't going to milk themselves. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? <laughs> if only they had Dr. Doolittle there to talk to them. Do you know how amazing it would be? Oh, yeah! What are they saying? (laughs) Ah! (laughs) But, um, as as usual, this, uh... A little to the left. Shit. As usual, this opened in the United Arab Emirates, um, but, uh, and it it, it did its worst business in New Zealand somehow. I I, I, I guess Peter Jackson was jealous and told all his New Zealand friends not to see it. It it only opened at number 31 there. (laughs) Yeah. Did you have more facts you were going to go over, Linda? Hmm? Well, um, I was just going to say that that Richard Stanley's uh, an odd sort, and I kind of fucking love him. Um, But he had, uh, because of the whole fiasco with uh, The Island of Dr. Moreau, he basically went into hiding in the, uh, was it the Pyrenees Mountains in France? Oh, my God. And, yeah. uh, Just like the yeah, Rolling Stones. for over 20 years. Oh, my God. Um, well, he's been yeah. doing a lot of exploring, actually. Yeah, like Nicolas Cage, he also tried to find the Holy Grail. Yeah. It's true. And like Nicolas Cage, and, uh, he had a parent who was obsessed with H.P. Lovecraft. Well, yeah, and in the cabin that he was uh, he was living in, in in France, it was supposed to be like a really mystical place. Um, I I believe the uh, a couple of villages were uh, raised uh, in the 13th century by crusaders, and uh, the Nazis went through it looking for the Holy Grail. <clears throat> so, so his cabin was haunted so, by the spirit of Guy de Reyes. I mean, it's possible. <laughs> so, um, but he, he maybe that explains his hat. Yeah. He's trying to <laughs> been putting out that Indiana Jones vibe his whole life. He was well, he's totally rocking that head for a like... long time. Yeah. See, that's it. <laughs> you wear that head around Johannesburg. Oh, yeah. You're going to be very popular. 
Oh, Apparently Andrew. he was uh, <laughs> it, during that twenty year span or that span over twenty years. Um, he took care of his mother who was dying of cancer, and uh, he shared the experience with some of the cast members. Um, he said, "Quote: Generally, I find that it's always good, just as when you're acting, to be dealing from some moment of truth, some uh, from some personal truth, and to be honest as possible." It's the first one of my movies that she won't be watching, and I think she would rather enjoyed it. And because, yeah, like you were saying, she was a fan of uh, Lovecraft and she used to read him Lovecraft. And uh, Nicolas Cage's father was also a fan. Uh, remember that he was the professor. A, I believe it's a, and Marianne. Um, <laughs> and he was also I believe he was a publicist. At one point, my but, dumb old parents um, yeah, only read me Bram Stoker and Agatha Christie. They suck. Hey, Agatha Christie's good. <laughs> not H.P. Lovecraft good. <laughs> That's certainly not as as racist as Lovecraft. Uh, yeah, look up the original <laughs> title of "And Then There Were None," aka Ten Little Indians," and get back to me. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, okay. yeah you're right. Okay, all right. If you were alive <laughs> in the twenties, H.P. Lovecraft was only racist outside of his writing. Yeah. That, well, that's actually mostly oh, true, too. Yeah. I mean, one, one besides just the name of a cat and one story that's mm. actually sent incidentally in slave country, the word doesn't actually yeah. appear. Yeah. So moving along. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, he uh, he came back and it, it still took a while for him to realize that you know, it, that he was actually back, back. And, uh, he said, uh, that he attributed a lot of the, um, his coming back to, to, uh, Nicholas Cage saying, quote, Nick single-handedly restored my faith in the entire process and in Hollywood. He has such a creative and really controlled use of insanity, as opposed to the kind of scattershot madness that brought down Moreau. Uh, it restored my faith in the process because that's exactly what we needed. So, oh, if only Nicolas Cage cool. had played Doctor Moreau. Oh my God! Don't you want all fours? <laughs> that's the law, okay? Are we not men? <laughs> <laughs> and I have a theory about that. Okay, so you know, I, I've heard that uh, that Richard Stanley's uh, favorite Nicolas Cage character was from uh, Vampire's Kiss. I read that as well. Yeah. Peter Lowe, but, um, and that people think that that's why, um, why he does his sort of, uh, Peter Lowe voice in Colorado space when he's, uh, he's kind of turning into his dad. He's having his freak outs. And, but I think that personally, cause I, I think I remember with Vampire's Kiss, he said that he modeled Peter Lowe after his father a little yeah, bit. So did. I can't help but wonder, yeah, like, <clears throat> is that is that really him doing Peter Lowe or is that him, like, no, actually channeling his father? he said that it was modeled his after father. his dad, and that's what he brought to this, too, as well. So it's, it's See, not just you I reading figured. into it. it. It was said. It's for mom and dad. I put that on uh, the trivia, like one of the first pieces of trivia for the uh, on IMDb after I I saw it in the theater, and it was taken down. So I was like, "Well, fuck, maybe I'm wrong." I don't. Wait, know. Wait, they take that down, but they'll keep. It's like, did you know that Nicholas Cage's name is Nicholas, and a character he played in this movie is also named Nicholas? It's spooky. Yeah, uh, IMDb trivia is a trash hole here. now. 
Yeah, there was like some trivia about uh, uh, the the character Ezra as a hippie. The hippie movement back in San Francisco started with blah, blah, blah. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right now? This is one of the many movies from 2008 that clocked in at 95 minutes. Other such movies are. I just don't ever go to IMDb. It has no value to me. Well, it it used to be a real site and some of the trivia that was added before it was a shit fire is still there. So there is some value, but it it, it got way too commercial and fucked up. IMDb's just... And the trouble is Wikipedia didn't catch up fast enough to fill the void. So we got nothing. Nothing. But anyway. uh, Wikipedia is kind of like the Tommy Chong guy living on on the grounds of (laughs) the alpaca farm. For reasons that don't. He's just kind of there. Like, I forget. They say they say they, they imply that they can't get rid of him. But when you see him, it's like, I think you could get you could get him off your land if you really needed to. Yes. You notice that when when we, the the first member of the family we meet is is the Wiccan daughter Lavinia, and 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 when Ward Phillips encounters her, she's being immediately like like an upper class cunt, like right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's just all like I'm doing this ceremony with the hair, and I'll be invoking the spirit. Oh my God, get off of my land! Who told you you could be here? Well, it private was a property. very private moment that he interrupted. And she may have felt just yeah. a little bit embarrassed with um, what the hell she was doing. But that actually is another thing I was going to bring up is she is responsible for the shit that happens. How do you figure? <clears throat> well, uh, since we haven't really gotten into the rest of the movie, why not jump into this and part of the ending? With her, she was asking for protection and mm-hmm. she wanted to get the hell out of there. She wanted to go somewhere else. In the movie, there's a point where the mother and her baby son are blasted by a beam of light from whatever this entity is. Or the color. And it morphs them into a creature. Nick Cage says he's going to deal with it and he's going to kill the mom monster, but he doesn't. Instead, he leaves her to live. And at one point, he brings their daughter up to the room to feed her to to the mom. (laughs) But the mom mom. can't attack her. (laughs) And the whole point is that she was reading from the Necronomicon and from these other books she had in her room. She invoked a protection spell for herself. So none of these things could harm her. But she did, and she was the only family member who got teleported to another world. She got what she asked for. I hope you're happy It may not have been what she wanted. Yeah. And even Stanley said the same thing, that she was poofed. She was moved from this world and she was teleported to the other. That's why you got to see the portal from their world for a brief moment with all the tentacle beast and stuff for Lovecraft fans to jizz over. Right. We we got And that's where she ended up going off to. We got the clip from Slither and then she went into the end of knowing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. So so Lavinia, it's all your fault. Uh, we blame you. You know, I hope you're happy now. I hope you're happy. <laughs> you know what you did. <laughs> so uh, this is the uh, fifth overall and third major adaptation of the of the H.P. Yeah. Lovecraft 1927 story, Color Out of Space, with a U. Um, I, Donnie, I think I made you watch the 1965 version by Daniel Hauer, Die, Monster, Die, with Boris Karloff and Nick Adams. I watched it, too. Oh, good. You okay. Did. Yeah. And um, I also own the uh, Scream Factory's double release of The Curse and The Curse 2 with Will Wheaton. Okay. I've seen more Will of The Curse 2, oddly enough. Um, I, I saw – because of both of them I saw on movie. television. Um, no, what I saw what I saw the first one was awesome. Um, 
Yeah, the, well, it's not really related to its sequels either, so we should probably say. No, I mean, and honestly, comparing this movie to The Curse, The Curse was awesome. I mean, there was a lot of fun stuff in that. But even, like, in comparison with Die, Monster, Die, and I even watched the 2010, 2013... Uh, you watched the German version. Very yeah. German film. It was very shot, in, like, in an old 1920s... Almost like Metropolis style. Nice. It was very, yeah. very artsy. Uh, they all roughly have about the same thing. A meteor crashes to Earth. Food begins to grow. And it's oversized. It's all just amazing. And it's all filled with ungodly horrors. It all tastes wrong. It infects the land. And it just spreads its evilness across This the asteroid land. is Monsanto. Yeah. But I think it's... <laughs> This is the only movie I can say, honestly, that really stuck to the uh, the book. Because I also have the... Mm-hmm. I actually have the book and I have the Cadabra Records release they put out, which... Of the whole story being read. And oh, was it read by Roddy McDowell? Or David McCallum? No, it would oh have been awesome. God, but that'd no. Be awesome. But, uh, <clears throat> no, it's... In those ones, the meteor vanishes after it's landed. Like yeah. After a day or so. Yeah, it dissipates. Yeah, but in all the others, it's just very prominently still. Yeah, the um, the the Die Monster Die version does take a lot of liberties. It's an American international production, and they treat it like they did their their post cycle ones that Roger Corman did. Um, yeah, they treated it like a lot of Castle films, honestly. And uh, how the movie came although out. I I think it worked out really well in that case because they did like it. it. Did. They've, they've got it a lot like uh, the Fall of the House of Usher by Corman, where they've got the spooky paintings of the past family members, and Karloff believes that his father yeah. was a devil worshipper, and that there's there's some kind of magical thing at work. And you get and then yeah. you get the dungeon where he keeps the meteor. And it's got the paintings on the walls with the spooky like like eye sockets and like gems set in the 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 eye holes, <clears throat> and the devil painting, the devil paintings. Cool. Like it's ah, man, I love that shit. And Nick Adams from <laughs> from Godzilla versus Monster Zero, like yes. like he's like he's like back the fuck up. I'm American. I could tell you're American. Your clothes don't fit proper. I suppose you can recommend a tailor. No, so that's a personal hey, thing. His clothes fit just fine for his pants coming up just under the nipples. Thank you. That's it where you put them back then. If you put them too low, Daddy, it'll fall under were, the stomach uh, thing. You were suggesting <clears throat> uh, the curse, and yes. I remember saying, like, wait, it's not about a period? Yes. And then, like, just moments <laughs> later, moments later, I saw Speaksy's episode on Crimson Tide, and I was like, <laughs> What is yeah. it's everybody talking about periods? <laughs> then you're on flow you call. Always oh. thinking about the vagina. <laughs> I guess yeah. so. Linda did it did work though. That was our stealth way to uh, appeal to the, the female demographic. <laughs> so it it, it worked. Yeah. Case in point. Take it back, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> you just pass a classroom ooh, like ooh. so we're gonna talk about the moon cycle today. It's like stop talking about I've got I got the movie running silent in the background, and I just saw G spot the cat, the wonderful wonderful cat. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love when at one point they say, uh, "Where, where's, where's the G spot?" Like nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's a delightful dialogue. That's that's another thing I, I fucking love about this movie is that it's a movie made by '80s people, so it actually looks good. Yeah. And and you get and you get They're lines like, a... Yeah, hairy axe wound, fuck off, maggot dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
you got a lot of like classic references there to like um i mean you can i think it's obvious where you see like um maybe not references but like an homage like a taste of uh the thing mm. mm-hmm. and um you also get a lot of like comedy in there too as well yeah i mean those those moments of like milking a fucking alpaca. it's a good blend oh. it is um <laughs> And and Cage is budgeted yeah. correctly, I think. Um, un- unlike so many other movies where where the directors don't know what to do with him, we, I think this is may actually be the yeah. only movie within the last uh, ten years where somebody has an appropriate reaction to a Cage moment, where, yeah. where he has the huge pumpkin sized tomatoes <laughs> yeah. and he's chucking them in the trash after taking a bite out of them, and his <laughs> wife's like, "Could you just fucking fix the satellite dish? What the fuck with you?" <laughs> I'm trying to do business. I'm a businesswoman doing business. Yeah. I'm trying to do Skype. I do calls. business in this house. Can't you see me on the phone? I'm very important. I'm talking about euros and shit. I love how you guys make her sound like Lisa from the room. Uh, that's pretty much how her job is. Necktie around the head. Yep. Um, that yeah. was uh, that was Jolie Richardson, by the way, playing the cage wife here. Yes. Um, and, and she's from England, you know. Um and she's uh, she's one of the few female leads who's actually age appropriate to Cage. She was born in sixty five, yeah. um, and uh, she was in stuff like Event Horizon and Snowden and the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, which is freaking bitchin', the David Fincher yes. version. Yeah. And her uh, mother is Vanessa Redgrave. What? 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 Who... What? No fucking shit! No <laughs> way! No way! No way! Yeah, she's the daughter of Vanessa Redgrave, uh, who uh, From fucking I, blow it's up, funny because I've just been watching Call the Midwife, and she's the uh, narrator of it. But um, also, you might know her from Deep Impact. <laughs> oh, classic! Oh, that was a movie. Speaking of urethras. <laughs> But uh, also, her dad is Tony Richardson, the director oh, of no Hotel way. New Hampshire. Tom okay. Jones, okay, yeah, Tom funny. Jones, um, yeah, and and uh, he did uh, um, the fucking uh, Charge of the Light Brigade with David Hemmings. That that thing was awesome. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, jo- Julie Richardson was also uh, it, Catherine Parr in The Tudors, which I also loved, and uh, I may have to cover her in Broom Flicks eventually because she played. Glenda in Emerald City. So sweetness. Got that coming. So uh, talent rich environment. Yeah. Because Tommy Chong is also a director, you know. (laughs) Just ask Cheech Marin. They have like an amazing cast. Um, Like, I I feel like uh, everybody was really strong. Uh, Even though Madeline Arthur, who played uh, Lavinia, wasn't really. Um, she didn't have a lot of movies under her belt before this, or. Um, but after this, her career just took off. <laughs> she did play Frey in The Magicians, and I fucking love The Magicians. Mm. And um, Julian Hilliard, who played Jack, he's the uh, child version of Luke in The Haunting of Hill House. And uh, he's the son of the girl who played uh, Nicolas Cage's daughter in uh drive angry i'm just mad that they made the haunting of hill house because the 1963 where wise version was perfect and should have been left alone i'm just glad that oh, nicholas cage actually it. attempted making a cassoulet for his family even though his daughter was being a bitch about eating it. see isn't he nice i have that in my notes um uh, donnie have you tried cassoulet with I your have. french girlfriend Fiance, I have. It's very delicious. (laughs) It's basically just a stew, but it's very, very, 
Oh, God. You have so many beans in this thing. Like, an ungodly amount of beans. So you just so sort of take flight afterwards. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, yes. But that's what the alpaca that's, that's, yeah, yeah, that, that, the alpaca That'll it balance your shit like the fuck out, yeah. Unless you're lactose intolerant, like Ward. Just like Ward, right thank you, who was played by Elliot Knight, who is from Birmingham, the one that's in yes. England. Yes. And uh, you may remember him from How to Get Away with Murder and uh, the American Gothic series. And he was also in the Sinbad series, the one that was about the sailor and not the American comic. Okay. And he also played Merlin in Once Upon a Time. Merlin! So. <laughs> Dumbledore! Yeah, that's, that's the one. And introducing the up-and-coming actor, Tommy Chong. <laughs> Tommy Chong! <laughs> Dave's not here, man. Yes, Adrian. <laughs> Tommy Chong and Cheech and Chong actually, in general, just like make me think of my childhood with uh, all the movies Donnie and I used to watch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Young He's man. The only actor I really kind Except of thought was just a little out of place in this, but meh. Yeah, because he plays the same character that he plays in absolutely Pretty everything much, yeah. he's ever well, played. I mean, I still, and it's kind of weird because it's like I still don't really feel that he was fitted for this, but I absolutely loved his ending in this. He makes sense. Yes. that was really fun. He does oh, make sense to some degree <laughs> to to the fact that that this is a a successfully modernized version of of the story. Uh, mm-hmm. In that, you know, like you, you, you have these old New England weirdos, you know, in, in, in 1927. And what's going to be the version, you know, of an old crusty weirdo, you know, in 2019? You know, like it could still be a crusty like hick type, you know, or it could be an aging hippie. <laughs> yeah. But hey, like yeah. Akira Kurosawa said, you know, everybody can play just one person and that's themselves. And if you're Audie Murphy, yeah. you can't even do that. <laughs> One thing I do enjoy about this, I mean, even though it is what kind of turned some people off from enjoying the film, especially because I, a lot of the reviews that came out at the time and a lot of people they're saying online is they liked the first half of the film, but then when it started getting artsy is when they hated it. And to them, artsy was when they started introducing the whole time loops that were happening in the film. Oh, God damn it. And it's like... Just everything's artsy to them then. Yeah. yeah, And it's like, to me, it's like, that's pretty classic sci-fi it was really kind of interesting yeah. how they did that especially to have it going as far back as when lavinia is cleaning up the mess after her her mom has been taken to the hospital because she was mm-hmm. chopping up her fingers as well as julian and vegetables so yeah yeah but it was actually really well done it was really neat and especially when nicholas cage starts going crazy especially after he had been mm-hmm. shot by the sheriff and he thought he was dead and <laughs> yeah like, no he's they're he's not my family back in a loop <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> listeners, uh, if, if, if you didn't know this existed, uh, uh, Donnie and I, uh, and Linda, uh, all of us, uh, we, we have a reaction track, uh, to color out of space that we did on our Patreon. Yeah. We did a commentary. Yeah. Track. Yeah. Cause well, for me, it was a reaction track cause that was my first time seeing this version of the movie. Yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, you can listen to it for just a dollar a month. Just $1. Just $1. Subtle plot. Just one dollar, <laughs> and I knew. Ooh, ooh. You know, uh, Nicholas Cage was apparently supposed to work with Stanley on Dust Devil. Yeah. Oh, hot. Um, and he, yeah, I know, right? I I can't find why that didn't work out. Um, I I looked, but I couldn't find anything about it. But um, I did have a kind of cool uh, uh, quote from Nicholas Cage. He says, uh, "Quote when you first meet him." 
he can look like a bit of a sorcerer. You don't know what you're going to get in a wonderful way, but he can't have that intensity. And uh, he also said, I could see he had a powerful connection with his mom. I had a powerful connection with my father. So Richard and I had a lot to talk about together and felt the connection of a kindred spirit. We could speak the same language. And then we shroomed together and like, flew over canyons. You yeah. saying that he cats. said he looked like a wizard to him. I remember Sorcerer. seeing that quote. And after watching all these cage films, I just thought between him always wearing an overcoat and wearing his hat, Nick Cage was probably like, you look just like I did in Sorcerer's Apprentice. Oh my God, are you a wizard? <laughs> Genuine, actual wizard. Blown away. And Stanley's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah buddy. I'm a film sorcerer. Anyway, you know, I've always been a leg man. Oh, cutting off your legs, that's kinky. Let's watch Boxing Helena. That gets me really hot. Oh, oh, but I have to tell you. Okay, so um, Richard Stanley has said that um, besides uh, planning a follow-up to hardware, he's Ooh. also uh, planning to do the uh, sort of trilogy of uh, Lovecraft uh, I, I heard that. I didn't know about and the hardware, though. Is he going to get Dylan McDermott and Iggy Pop back? Oh God! This is all I know. Okay, is that he he's uh, planning on making a follow up, but um, he also plans to follow uh, this movie up with another La Lovecraft story adaptation. He's been writing uh, an adaptation of the Dunwich Horror, the Dunwich Horror, which, which is the other called... Daniel Haller H.P. Uh, Lovecraft adaptation in 1970. It all fits. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he said it will involve quote. Backward MAGA era hillbillies who have uh, in <laughs> interbred with ultra dimensional demons from beyond oh space. Oh my god! Well, I'm I'm, sh I'm sure that Elijah Wood will project. produce that too. Yeah. So if he goes for consistency, there won't be alpacas in this no. one. There'll definitely be llamas. Oh, in I doubt there'll be the llamas. Yes. Folks no at home, we hope you're following no. along for the alpaca llama hierarchy here. <laughs> Now I have to find a llama and put a red hat on it. Well, if if I don't, if you guys don't mind, can I share some some alpaca sure. history that coincide that lines up sure. a whole lot with this oh movie? Oh my gosh! Yeah. So, yes, please. So, so several years ago, when my daughter was younger, she uh, had an affinity for alpacas. So we were on vacation one summer and found an alpaca farm to visit. So. Um, have you, if you haven't heard of this place, it's not a problem. Have you ever heard of Smith Mountain Lake, Virginia? Not. No. Mm -mm. Okay. I had never heard of it. I've lived in Virginia my whole life. However, if you've ever watched the film, What About Bob? <gasps> oh, the yeah. location they filmed for New Hampshire is actually <laughs> Smith Mountain Lake. So that oh. was me, me being me. That was the main reason we went to Smith Mountain Lake. <laughs> and I have seen the What About oh Bob house <laughs> via boat. But at the same time, awesome. um, we were down there, we found an alpaca farm. So we thought we were going to go – my daughter's about two or three at the time. We thought we'd just go pet some alpacas and leave. Uh-oh. Unbeknownst to us, we received a three-hour education <laughs> on alpacas <laughs> as we went through the farm. So – and uh, to tie this in a little bit more to color, color space, um, Smith Mountain Lake was is a man-made lake that was made the in the late 1960s. A dam was created oh, much like what was going to happen to – don't the drink farm. that water. So 
don't drink the water. So tying it – so even though I spent three hours at Alpaca Farm, these are the two big things I took away from it. One, their, their fur is not called fur. It's called what? fiber. Oh. And, and, and you can take this fiber and you can harvest it. So you can make alpaca products. If you see something that's made with alpaca, it's not made with alpaca fur. It's made with alpaca fiber. If I say fiber. fur, somebody will slap and me on the, the sec- back of the head and correct me. And said, so that's not llamas we're dealing okay. with here. We're talking alpacas. We're this is fiber. Okay. Yeah. And, and the second thing I took away, and this woman repeated this often, was how much you could get if your impa- alpacas are insured. <laughs> oh. And as we went through this, I think I want to say the numbers were maybe $45,000 in alpaca. Oh. And she had a lot of alpacas. And I'm thinking – this is some sort of weird financial bubble that's going to burst one day. Or if I, you know, I I kept checking the newspaper in that area to see if there was, you know, an accident at the oh, alpaca farm no. that wiped out everything. So that made me think, too, if this was some sort of like maybe we think we're seeing a meteor hit, but maybe this is some weird insurance scam that Nicolas Cage's character is running. Yeah. I mean. Just just to say, another way to look at it, this might be Richard Stanley's way to say, if things don't work out with this movie, I've got a bunch of alpacas that are going to meet, going to accidentally die. But guess, you know, guess who's all insured? I'm balancing my portfolio right now, you know, taking money out of uh, pork bellies and putting them in alpacas. You know, it's, it's working out really well. I would have liked to have seen Nick Cage calling the insurance agency. I'm like, am I covered by transcendental mutations from other dimensions for my alpaca? Did I not tell you to feed the alpacas? Yeah, yeah, I There has them. to be a list at every insurance company <laughs> that once you see, you know, they just go through a list and no, Nicholas Cage, we, we love you. But you're Bangkok dangerous. We're not insuring you for anything. Shut it down. Hard pass. Another thing you got to remember in the rules is add some fennel to their seed. Yeah, yeah, I shot them myself. Is that going to be an issue? <laughs> I squeeze the almonds to make the milk you see. <laughs> How many head of almond do you have? <laughs> uh, wow. I well, hate um, being shaved, I but I love shaving. Is that a problem? <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> so... Um, he, uh, Richard Stanley was talking about how, um, Richard Stanley also in uh, Richard, Stanley, Richard Stanley, um, was, <laughs> was talking about how, um, he was sort of also inspired by what's going on with the, uh, the earth. And, uh, he said, quote, we're all facing a situation where planet earth and the future of mankind is starting to look more and more checkered. The world is clearly changing and we're not in control of that process. We can no longer be certain that the world will uh, be the same for our ch- uh, world for our children as it is for us. I think that's a very distressing thought. And I guess that's kind of a, a bit of the, the influence for this movie as well. Um, that and, uh, and I guess he wanted to, to, uh, to comment on the, the alpaca situation. <laughs> Dude, I had a nightmare. Somebody's got to say it. Like just last night, that 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 the that the oceans had risen, and and we all had to live on giant marine mammals. And I was like having to hack up marine mammals and shit and skin them. But there was nowhere to stand. Why? We were all on the water. It was all there was to eat. It was Water World. It, water it was world? Water World, man. It's Chinatown. There's no way out of it. 
Yeah. Oh, that is so funny that you'd say that because my original face-off idea was going to have, um, what's his name from that, uh, Kevin, uh, yeah, that guy. Um, yeah, yeah that Fuck guy. Yeah. I was originally going to put him in this, but then, uh, I, I changed my mind, but I couldn't remember who it was that I was originally thinking of. So it's funny that you would, you would have a, a water world dream. <laughs> But, uh, oh, Costner, yeah. right? Okay, so, <laughs> I was thinking Kevin like Costner, Kevin James you. in 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 Colorado space. Oh no, Kevin Hart. <laughs> Kevin Hart would be way better than Kevin James. Yeah, yeah. Let's be fair. <laughs> Although uh, Paul but Blart I... getting killed by by meteor radiation, you know, if you, if you know, if it's just ninety minutes of him slowly dying and no attempts at jokes, say hey, maybe <laughs> meteor shit. <laughs> But um, I did enjoy the sort of like the the beautiful horror scenes in this uh, this movie. Like I, I think Donnie was talking about uh, Tommy Chong's character Ezra, uh, his uh, last scene. It's and, just a color, uh, but it burns. Yes, that's yeah. Scene. It's fucking amazing, and just the uh, the scene where toward the end where uh, Ward sees the. Um, uh, supposedly deceased uh, Nicolas Cage character just like sitting in the couch and he looks over at him and it's just and he says great party know, isn't it, it. <laughs> <laughs> did you but, um yeah, I, I just I found like there's a lot of stuff in there that I really enjoyed Linda at. did you read about why uh, they, why they chose magenta for the color out of space um, because they wanted to piss you off. No, no. Apparently, apparently, magenta was used because it is technically an extra spectral color. Yeah, even oh. the guy who did the soundtrack <clears throat> kind of did the same with the music because he was using a lot of underwater and choral sounds. And yeah, that was the color that came to him. Yeah, in his head with when he made the nice. soundtrack. Yeah, I mean, like you had to pick well, something because you can't me. actually like 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 show a color that's that's not visible to the you human can't eye. Make up you know? a co- Right. No. I mean, well, you you could use that Stanley Ghostbusters effect, but yeah. um, he was saying that like he was practicing with like gases and steam, yeah. and um, and he wanted the that etherealness to fit in with the the music as well, and he really enjoyed how it does kind of um jump to like a spooky spectrum and uh like it's toward the the middle half of the apparently movie. uh if if electricity is applied to certain parts of the brain you are able to actually see a color that's not normally visible to the human eye like people describe yeah. it as like red yellow green or some shit like that like it's like a bunch of things at once it's almost like a, a fucking um something out of monet um there was a doctor actually who was famous in photography because he was taking people's photographs when he was electroshocking them to mark their oh, facial expressions. Nice. There's actually a huge book you can find. That I think it might even be online where you see these people's faces and like really exaggerated, almost Joker-like smiles. It's a coffee table book called "Oops, I Weed Myself." But it's there's a lot of weird stuff like that out there in the world. Yeah, so listeners, if you go to uh, patreon.com forward slash cages kiss, all one word, uh, if you pay 20, let's say $30 a month, we'll do that with Adrian. <laughs> Hey, if you guys start uh, start kicking in about four grand a month, uh, you can have anything you want. Anything. <laughs> we'll perform a lobotomy. 
<laughs> I'm in a hurry to quit my job, so Patreon, kick in. You can have whatever. <laughs> we'll try to see if we could get Adrian to see that color. <clears throat> the the color. Bad color. <laughs> but, I don't know, the horror that's in this, I still don't really... I don't know, I'm a stickler. I don't like when people classify movies as horror. And it's even really? going back to things like, in our VHS days... It's like you used to have a combination of you always found science fiction in the horror section because they didn't know what the hell to do with that. And they did the same like thing Alien. with other films. Kind of like well, how genre classification is classified is as a horror, but yeah. it's mm. technically not really, even with Aliens, Aliens is more of an action film versus a horror film. Yeah. But with this, I mean... Well, every movie in the Alien happen, series is a different genre. <laughs> the horror scenes that happen in this are really sporadic and they're not really... It's not really horror, per se. I mean, the closest yeah. you get, I'd say, is like the sheriff getting pulled up into a tree and then the tree actually face raping him and tearing his body I mean, apart. it's a movie about mounting dread where everybody melts. I mean, yeah, kind of, I mean, yeah. I think it's subjective. I mean, yeah, genre but, classification yeah. is super difficult. Um, at the Hollywood video before I worked there, actually, they didn't have the action section for some reason. They had it uh, labeled the adventure section. Yeah, and I one of the that. movies that I thought was really, really out of place in there, they had Natural Born Killers in there. And it's like, Natural <laughs> yeah. Born Killers is not, like, Die Hard, man. Like, Natural Born Killers is, I mean, like, if you want to get really technical, it's a black comedy. Well, Blockbuster also didn't know the difference between animated films and hentai and anime. So they put those two together when we were growing up and, in the well, 80s, yeah, 90s. If, that if, was a yeah. Very well, also, if you're going for any place that does animation. like secondhand stuff, a lot of things, it's just, it's just whatever it looked like. There was this, there was this yeah. terrible, terrible urban fantasy book I'd read. Well, I started to read and then threw aside. Um, and it had like this, this sort of bastardly main character and he says shit and fuck a lot. And then I went to the paperback exchange and found that book shoved in the children's section because the cover art's kind of cartoony. Yeah. And I said, you don't want to sell this to children. Well, <laughs> yeah. Going by genre, I mean, talking about the genre, I know Stanley said once before that um, that everything he does is, quote unquote, uh, pretty much a deadpan apocalyptic black comedy. Yeah. So, I mean, like going with that, you could be right. I mean, maybe it's not horror in his eyes either maybe it's just well also black uh, pe yeah. people in modern times will, will often really lose sight of of what horror is and can be because horror is traditionally a subgenre of fantasy yeah but there's never a fantasy yeah. section in a store you get science fiction or you get horror or you get action drama family that, de that depends if you went to hollywood video you definitely had fantasy <laughs> depending on the but, one you went to <laughs> Yeah. But they also I mean, had a mystery section, I, which was mostly softcore. There's things I really enjoyed about this and things that I kind of didn't. But looking at all the different versions they've done of this, I think that this one, whether I'm guessing it was intentional, nothing to do with their budget. They really didn't focus that much on what was happening to the rest of the town outside of there, yeah. the farmhouse. Yeah. But it's like in all the other tellings of it, they usually would talk about that. Even the Die Monster Die, they talked about how nothing grew out in that area, how all the plants and trees had rotted from the inside and right. were vanishing. So that's why he was doing all this scientific work with the meteor, putting them in the planters to grow these plants because he was trying to revitalize the the plants right because the before plant. the blasted heath was the blasted heath you had this yeah. super huge lush vegetation very briefly and he was trying to harness that power right 
And even in the curse, they kind of show early on uh, what's going on with everybody being affected because they're drinking the water. And it's almost done comically where you have this guy being taken away in a cop car with moles on his face, screaming at people, no, don't drink the water. And you see like an old woman drinking straight from the fucking hose and another woman oh, being sprayed down. Just like the end of cabin fever. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's still. That's also how Doolittle ended the Robert Downey movie. <laughs> yes, yeah, no, they're they're hauling him away in a straitjacket. He's like, "You're next! You're next!" Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I did like, and I just it was still kind of cool though. I wish they showed a little bit more of it. Um, when the guys going into the town talk to them about the water supply and what's going on, and you have the truck that's just filled with all these cats, dogs. Red, what's yeah. left of the alpacas yeah. other wildlife yeah. that have all been affected by this yeah and you saw the uh whatever jumped out in front of his car when they were that was back from that, was that was g-spot that was g-spot yeah that was g-spot oh poor g-spot yeah that's why tommy chung was telling the guys like if you see him you may not recognize him g-spot lost yeah. all his fiber yeah <laughs> That makes me think of if I if the only thing I think that could be better, or maybe if there was an alternate version of this, is to have John Waters. <laughs> oh my god! Because if you did like a Pink Flamingos version, you know, there would definitely be John, llamas. John Waters would be a really about communism. A really good guy for doing like a really backwoods, like hicked out situation, since his shit always has so many like fucked up characters in it. I mean, yeah, I yeah. actually the polyester out of space a book about his. Uh, Oh, what do you call it? Damn it, the word just escaped me. But he has been oh hitchhiking. He's been hitchhiking across the oh, U.S. Yeah. He does, and there's a lot of people. Yeah, people pick him up with that stash with him picking him up on the side of the road. And he's just like, this is how you meet the most interesting people in America. I'm I like, mean, it's god, true. I'd love it if you wrote a book about this. Oh my god, yeah, no, you should, you should. I think he was talking about it. Wasn't he? I, I think he actually yeah. did. I'd, oh. I'd buy the fuck I, out of that. Seriously, book. I think he just wrote one. I want to buy this then. That is amazing. I'm adding this to my Christmas. <laughs> you just made Donnie's year. Yeah. But I mean, can we at least, cause we haven't really discussed in, I don't want to say how long we've been doing this, but we haven't really discussed that much about the movie itself and what happens in it. Um, you want to at least talk about the love scene because that was just spot on erotic hardcore. <laughs> Are you talking about the when when they felt the boom? <laughs> yes, I am. the kids had to hear their parents finding the boom. Did the earth just move for you too? And then later yeah, on, Cage is in the shower the and finds an ambulatory wad of jizz. Yes, that's alive and oh. makes him hurt. <laughs> that actually didn't. What scared me with him was when uh, he's looking at his skin and just all the cracks and wrinkles on it, and just. Yeah, oh, that's, that's, that's like real life. Time to go to the doctor. <laughs> yeah. And the Ooh, book Karsic. is called Carsick. John oh, Waters nice. hitchhikes across America. Yeah. Carsick from all these postnips. No, I actually really there's some moments I really genuinely cared about that they did with this, and I was glad they did. Like the constant, again, how people really hated later on the whole time skipping thing. But it's like it's been there for so long, especially when the kids. Yeah, how did they not pick up on that? Cage to put the alpacas away, yeah. and then the kids like, should we tell him about that? It's like, what is he talking about? Well, and then later on, much later on, you see what the hell he's talking about when they encounter it. But it's like that was another one of those moments where it just 
skipped ahead on events that were well, happening. And even with Nick Cage, when he's on the couch after having been shot, he's going back to yeah. the family being with him watching the TV. Well, this is exactly like things like this are exactly the reason why I always watch the movies multiple times, because if you're going to talk about a thing, you should yeah. probably like have actually paid attention to it somewhat. And a lot of these yeah. people who wrote reviews, they kind of watched it once and, and not, not, and they weren't, they weren't watching it with their brain or anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Watching it with their butt. Yeah, watching with my butt. Yeah, chill. But I mean, that is sad because most people, that's how they treat films nowadays. It's just kind of yeah. a watch it and forget it. Well, I think most modern media is is there uh, not to be paid any attention to. Like it's it's very it's very true of music nowadays. <laughs> it is. Well, and that's also like, kind of sad. It's it's inc- it's incredibly like sad. Cinema, you can't really name movies that were out maybe three four years ago that you still remember mm-hmm. because most of it's just pass it along. Well, every this is why everything comes out on video instantly if it goes to theaters, like unlike this year, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, you were well, I know there's there? like this uh, great debate, like for the last year or so, of just uh, directors saying like. Basically saying that about the Marvel movies. Oh fuck! Because um, those goddamn and, things. You know, I have to agree to a certain point. Like I, I, I mean, I love watching them. It's something yeah. great where you don't really have to think, and it's just it's fun. But I could see where it's also like I don't know. I think just it not to pick on Marvel. I'm just oh, like, I'll pick saying on that them. There are a lot of uh, there are a lot of blockbuster movies out there that uh like the most popular ones seem to be the ones that are a little less cerebral and well just... michael bay's movies always make a shitload of money yeah 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 exactly a shitload but that's even red letter media talked a great deal about this that comic book movies are killing cinema because they're mindless because you know what's coming with it but it's like the escalation they went through when you got to the whole thanos it's like that was really awesome but you're kind of pre-programming people's expectations to a point where once you've had something that lasted over the span of 10 plus years getting there, you're kind of like, okay, well, we just had the mother of all things in our film. How do you go from there? Because anything after that, like the Spider-Man movie that came out after that really didn't do too well, though it had really awesome characters in there. It just didn't hold up because people expect these grand finales. And that's why I still adamantly... I'm okay with Marvel films, but they are utterly forgettable because they all follow the same algorithm and the They're same very point where everything yeah. comes up to a big CGI battle in the end, and it's always a villain that's out to destroy the world needing Object A in order to do their Plan B. Well, and I feel like they, they definitely do what they're supposed to do if you think of it as just something that's supposed to be thrilling and something that's supposed to get you to be like, you know, in the They definitely and, succeed oh, at yeah. being failure. <laughs> yes. Mental um, failure. Adrian. <laughs> yeah, no, these movies are doing exactly what they're yeah. setting out to do. It's just they don't have a very lofty goal. And I think part of the goal that's left out, too, is to put butts in the seats at a movie Bombs on seats, love. There's lots of movies that you can – I can watch a a cinematic movie at home. Mm -hmm. I can wait four Mm -hmm. months to see that. But to see a Marvel movie or a Star Wars movie in a theater with people, with the big screen and, and, you know, the sound system, um, you know, it it, I think fits the bill for that. It does, yeah. Yeah. But it's also – Like the Dolby – uh, it is, theaters. but there is something to see in a movie uh, in the theater, but with the audience, I'd rather not. I want to be the only one there. 
<laughs> the thing is, and it's kind of been proven with Star Wars because Disney is just Disney, is you can have too much of a good thing. When you have it in moderation, then it doesn't feel like the market's being oversaturated. Even with stuff that you can mindlessly enjoy and not care if it's cerebral or not. It's just when you have too much of that, people really get burnt out super fast on it. Well, yeah. And I was honestly surprised the Marvel movies last as long as they did. But it's because they told a genuinely good, thorough story because you knew where they were trying to go with that. But it's like afterward, it's going to be interesting to see how they last with standalone films that are not going to follow that as well. But getting back to the movie and away from this, because that's going to be a whole standing. other hour conversation itself. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Linda, uh, Linda, do you have your segment? Yes. I want his clothes off. Clothes off. off. Naked alpacas in all their glory. Behold! And... Uh, they have five. And... Fiber. And insurance and policy. One more <laughs> technically naked thing. Well, the uh, mom Jack creature didn't seem to have any clothes. And don't forget, and we get a cage shower scene. Shower. Yeah. Yes, that's. We don't true. see Dangus. Uh, you don't really see anything, but yeah, no Dangus. No. This no isn't one of the sassy cage uh, movies where he's getting with the with the twenty one year old hookers. Thankfully, and that's kind of yeah. Okay. Well, this is yeah. why we like this one. I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a score to settle. <laughs> now, I'm going to be honest. I wouldn't have minded seeing his wife, but um, like, I don't really want to see Cage in this one naked. No, not naked. No, you, you, naked, you don't, you don't uh, want, to, want to see them getting some afternoon delight there? Uh, afternoon the sky well, they rockets in fly. They ruin parts of the world when they do it. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I don't. Donnie, were Segment. you uh, able to find any uh, reviews? Uh, yes, we have I more did, manifestos. Very, very, very long reviews. Oh boy, people had oh, a lot boy. to say. All right. Um, this movie was atrocious. I personally have been a fan of Nicolas Cage, and will continue to be a fan. However, this movie was just plain garbage. I would love to have had the time and money I spent renting this paid back. <sighs> The premise sounded super cool, but quickly boiled down to being ridiculous and had outrageous effects. I enjoyed Cage's acting chops, and the other actors tried their best. <laughs> However, what? I couldn't get over how little chemistry Cage had as portraying a, a father. What? The chemistry was just not there, and it what? fell short of believable. The daughter was annoying, and the older son seemed aloof. I he get was high. what this movie was shooting for <laughs> with the sci-fi trope. However, the special effects were too over the top or non-existent. The scene where the mother-child were screaming drove me mad. I had to shut this <laughs> oh off. God. Even with the coronavirus outbreak, save yourself the time and pick up a new hobby or learn a language. Do not waste your quarantine time on this heap of garbage. What, what do you want to bet this guy's favorite Cage movie is also Con Air? All all the reviews to select, they seem to have that in common. Or Gone in 60 Seconds. Or Gone in which is not even as good as Gone Air. It's a semi-short one. All right. Everyone seems to love this movie, so judge for yourself. But I hated it. I love Richard Stanley movies and HPL, but this was not good. It's a very generic movie of its time, with awful characters and little of Stanley or Lovecraft shows through. It's not entertaining 
or scary. I know, right? I was like, what do you mean of its time? This is, this is not this of year. its time. Yeah. Maybe people about? are just so affected by the quarantine. They're just getting oh, to this that guy point. wrote like, this God, in the throes 19. of COVID. He hallucinated another movie. Yes. <laughs> Every change. Sorry. And to bring back yeah, up. Go ahead. I was, was going to say earlier, uh, I think, Donna, you were mentioning the actual yes. story it's based on. And this, it, I listened to it the other day. It sticks pretty close to the yeah. story. So the whole of its time thing, I think, is pretty, I, I don't know, I'd say it's actually more off because yeah. it, I, it feel like it's a timeless movie, but it, it sticks with the same story, the same premise pretty yeah. much. You get the heat. Yeah, it's you a get very the respectful modernization. Not as much with a... Well, yeah, I think no, no hippies, yeah, but I kind of think it's um because people try doing this in films, and I think maybe this is what Stanley was going for, is outside of their cell phones. I mean, they really didn't include a lot to really tell you the time period. So it's like there are films that kind of are almost dateless. You can't really tell. It could apply to any time. Yeah, and this movie it did fit. It did seem like modern but well, why they're saying it's I don't know. of its time i i yeah. don't know i wouldn't say that it was like anachronistic or anything but it's i mean i, I guess i could kind of see what you're talking about like they have a horse that she takes down to the lake and yeah because she she's uh, a rich she tries to get a spoiled away person horse. you know <laughs> they do that they have so, horses it all still works a guy <laughs> a guy has a miskatonic university shirt and they mention mm. the names of other towns in lovecraft stories that's all yeah, like that ties that it to his work. The <laughs> color is supposed to be one that no one has ever seen before, which I understand a movie can't create a new color, but they chose it to be magenta, which is the color of everything nowadays. At least they said magenta and not Richard pinky purple the best, like the critics this did. This movie sucks. The critics apparently don't know the word for magenta. They all said pinky purple. Yeah. Um, this is by far the longest review oh boy. and it's worth it. Oh, okay. It's worth it because how they chose to end okay, it. Okay. Settle in everybody. <laughs> Do you remember as a young person laying in your dark room by a tiny lamp in the dark, getting to the end of reading the color out of space and thinking to yourself, that was so good. It's just a darn shame. There is no storyline at all. And nowhere near enough content to actually produce a 90-minute movie from it. So, did the makers of this film. So, rewriting the entire story was totally justified and understandable. I can only assume they couldn't get the rights, and this certainly wasn't going to stop them from putting the brilliant original story on film. Just because they weren't allowed to tell the brilliant original story, so they just had to rewrite it. You're a smart kid. You understand. That's why, I presume, it's called Color Out of Space and not The Color Out of Space. I'm sure. Spoiler alert, because you're not going to watch it anyway. Tell me you're not going to watch it. We clearly needed to update the story to 2020 and tell the story in real time. To make sure we got rid of any of that pesky foreboding that was just going to waste time and film. Add in a love interest daughter named Lavinia. That's not a clever homage, writers. It's actually lazy and insulting to Lovecraft fans to steal uh. from another story. <laughs> Coke smoking hack. What the <laughs> who just fuck? 
who just happens to have a copy in paperback form of the Necronomicon. That's entirely inconsequential in the story. This guy needs to watch Uli Lamel's The Tomb. And a squatter, (laughs) mystic, octogenarian hippie, physical embodiment of OK Boomer, who just magically knows what's going on and nobody listens to his sage wisdom. And he doesn't even care anyway. And let's just put some very important, not important at all, alpacas in there for good measure. Then pepper the script with dumb, unmotivated lines like, Honey, I'm not a monster. I know I'm not my dad. By the dad whose dad is never mentioned as anything. Well, anything other than the original owner of the cabin. And a son trying to call 911 on a cell phone and yelling, I can't get a dial tone, when he isn't even old enough to remember what a dial tone is to begin with. Never mind the fact that cell phones don't have dial tones, you coke-smoking hacks! There it is again! (laughs) (laughs) And the inevitable, I'll come back for you, from the made-up love interest daughter's love interest who didn't actually have to come back at all, because, well, you know... You could just do that right now instead. And you've got yourself a prime script. And if you are thinking to yourself, well, with all the CG technology these days, I at least want to see how how mad and the indescribable otherworldly colors of the color out of space could be. Just stop right there. It's pink. It's just pink. It's not Out pink. of the well, and at the end, a pink tornado. Well... What about the blasted heath? Dude, stop. It's literally the end of Predator without the chopper. I'm doing you a solid here. Just stop being curious about this one. It's a waste of four bucks. If you like the color out of space, do not watch color out of space. Just go watch Annihilation instead. It's a much better scene. And scene. That's how he ends it. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Wrong. Four paragraphs. Of course you enjoyed with and scene. (laughs) Of course you enjoyed that annihilation. You like the 2016 Ghostbusters. I don't even think they are aware that Annihilation is like a four or three or four book series. But yeah, okay. Well, I don't know if you guys picked up on the real, real hint that he accidentally left in there. The author. This is obviously an angry. Llama farmer yes. who's trying to get back. He made one little snide comment. He tried to keep his alpaca oh. comments out, but he had to get an alpaca dig but in there. This is somebody from the llama industry cousin, trying to undermine this movie. Hat backwards because that's like a switch there, boy. Time for some arm wrestling. This could have been written by an alpaca because <laughs> anyone can be a human being online. It could have been written by an alpaca smoking cocaine. Am I right? Am I right, everybody? How- <laughs> I'll pack of this movie right to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. See, this is why we needed you on, Steve. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> Thank you. You notice these things. Let's see if Darcy, the male girl, can talk about alpacas <laughs> as much as I can. Steve, do chance. you like Alice Cooper? I do like Alice Cooper. He ruined the Muppets for me Do you like his 1975 Welcome to My Nightmare? I'm more of a. I think I checked out at Go to Hell. Go was to Hell was right afterwards. After that one's in '77. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it's. Okay. The, sorry. My biggest. 
Oh, no, no, those are, that's, 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 that's the Alice Cooper solo post Alice Cooper band with Bob Ezrin still producing. I just can't um, really enjoy Alice Cooper anymore because he has to talk about Alice Cooper, the character versus Alice Cooper, the person. Well, yeah. it's a good idea though. Cause I like the idea. I've thought yeah. about that at developing a character. So I was actually thinking of the Alice Cooper the other day because um, I saw somewhere where he kind of goes, he like gets into character like an yeah. hour before yeah. the show. I thought about how many things I could get away with if I said, honey, that wasn't me. I was getting to Steve the podcaster character. And that's why, you right? know, I'm, that's I'm why we now own $100,000 worth of alpacas. But let me show you the insurance on these things. We're in, we're in good shape now. Yeah, that's why the they call me alpaca out, Steve. But... Speaking of tomatoes, Linda, what were you saying earlier? <laughs> Uh, because because yeah, kind of curious where the fuck your mind pulled that out. No, no, I I do this with every guest. You were thinking of no, no, no. Or? It's because it's because Steve is short for Steven. Is it because only alpacas bleed? Is that what brought you? <laughs> no, like, no, good one, good one. No, the, yeah, st- yeah, yeah. the song Steven. Someone okay. calling me. I hear my name. <laughs> sorry, sorry. We're glad to have you here, Steve. <laughs> the llama yeah. behind Thank you. the mask. And I'm gonna I'm gonna make a remake on YouTube. I'll make a, a Steven video nice. just with alpaca footage. I'll find a creepy alf- alpaca. Yeah, link us to your channel. There's a dirty llama in the background. <laughs> so, do you guys feel ready for uh, uh, Adrian's special? Segment? Ooh, give the special boy his segment. It's time for sequel, sequel. return more. Hello. Hornier? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, All right, you, you, I guess you I'll start. First, okay. All right. Follow Ward Phillips to the Australian Outback as he searches out proof that his mind was swapped out with one of the great old ones, a harrowing experience that left him the shadow out of time. Based on the story of H.P. Lovecraft, coming this summer. Rated R. Uh, Donnie? In the follow-up sequel to Color Out of Space, Ward Phillips has worked endlessly to try and bring back Lavinia. After locating a small chunk of the original meteor, he teams up with a leading herbologist, Cheech Marin. The two, through their research, discover a way to open a portal, but are unsure if it will lead them to Lavinia or another dimension. What occurs is a madcap race between timelines, as each portal takes Ward to another film version adaptation of The Color Out of Space, <laughs> where they will need to work together with the likes of Will Wheaton on his stepfather's farm, Boris Karloff in his laboratory, and in order to keep the portals open and open a new direct portal of to the dimension of the living meteor came from in an attempt to rescue Lavinia and their sanity. That'll be right up there with John Dies oh. at the End. That's awesome. That was a fun movie too. Oh, yeah. well, it was a. It was an even more yeah. fun book uh, if you read the book. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, the movie's okay too. And, uh, I'm not dissing it. You know. It's directed by uh, what's his name, Don Don Cascarelli, a fucking Beastmaster motherfucker. Yeah. Which, for people caring, uh, Vinegar Syndrome is putting out a 4K restoration of the director's cut of Beastmaster. Ah! Oh, oh shit. All the ferret action you can handle. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I can handle a lot. I love Mark Singer. 
man, I love Riptor. Um, <laughs> He's awesome too. Who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for my sequel, Return More Harder, um, I just, I, I don't, I, as usual, I don't have something uh, elaborate like you guys do. I just want to see uh, either the adventures of Lavinia in the New World, or um, I want to see like uh, the the llamas weren't killed. Or, excuse me, the alpacas were not murdered. Uh, alpaca <laughs> monster. You. Yeah, and alpaca alpaca monster is really just like trying to um, to assimilate. Yeah, it's trying to adjust. It is going from uh, town to town. Try to to learn what it is to be human and what it's to, it is to be American, and he goes around meeting a bunch of different characters in different villages and uh, helping out. And then, kind of like um, al- the whole alpacas in party hats. I was gonna say, yes. can they wear hats and one of them be named Carl? Carl. <laughs> <laughs> like I had a rumbly in my tumbling that only human hands could satisfy. <laughs> With the meat dragon, Carl. <laughs> Sorry, I just keep thinking of, of uh, uh, Charlie. <laughs> anyway, um, did you have one? So I feel like I'm sorry. I do. I feel like I've got to. I got to see okay. a prequel. I've got to learn what happened when Nathan Gardner is concerned that his wife Teresa's business, because she's a she business, does business yeah. all the time. <laughs> It's just what it's doing to her, all the business that she does, because she's she a is. business person, <laughs> and meets Val Kilmer and Mark Singer, who have a plan for him. All right. If he can purchase some alpacas and move out to the move out to the country, how he can get his wife it's away from like her baby business. Boom. <laughs> yeah. It would be. That would be the the prequel to set it up. And that's how they make applesauce. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, applesauce. You know, you say this and about her doing business because she does business. It reminds me of Tom Green and Freddie Got <laughs> I'm doing business, Daddy. I have a cell phone because I do business. I'm a businessman. I do business. There's things. only one LeBaron. <laughs> also with Rip Torn. Yeah, he gets yeah, around. Also with Rip Torn. Um, with the the applesauce makes me think of the what was it was it the peach where he called it the Teresa peach? Yes, yes, he did. <laughs> Oh, I gotta love it. For hours. Yeah. So, um, y'all ready for face, face off? off? We probably should. All right. Because if not, I'm going to talk about the monster llama or monster alpaca waiting for people to milk it and kind of demanding it. <laughs> like, a ter- like a movie where it's kind of like maximum overdrive, but there's all these monster alpacas going, milk me. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> We gotta milk them or they're gonna kill us. Speaking of milk me, (laughs) my 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 face off would be a a production from 1932 because that's the year that Technicolor developed the beam splitter and actually became affordable. You didn't actually have to glue different strips together. Um, so I I I'm figuring you know yeah early early 30s production really classy cast you know Charlie Chaplin, Lillian Gish you know. Maybe maybe get an early Fritz Lang directorial stab in there. Yeah. Oh. Don Waldio. Uh, this is in the eighties, 
And Nathan is played by a very young, boisterous Wilford Brimley. Ooh. Teresa oh, is Meg Ryan. <laughs> Lavinia, Sophia Coppola. Oh. Ward is Roddy McDowell. Oh, you don't Ezra understand. Ezra is played by TV's Ted Danson. <laughs> and because it's actually age-appropriate, uh, Benny is Matt Damon, and Jack is Will Wheaton. <laughs> Will Wheaton. <laughs> Will Wheaton. Will um, Wheaton in the wheat fields writing. <laughs> Mine is super simple. Uh, once again, I have to go with because uh, I, I I love the the director. I love the cast. Uh, so in reality, I wouldn't want to to change them. But if I had to, I'd say director uh, writer. I'm going to go with Cronenberg Ooh. because it makes sense. Um, playing Nathan is Antonio Banderas. Ooh. Um, and playing Teresa is Melanie Griffith because I want to see her fused with somebody else and to become a monster. <laughs> that that was <laughs> how that potential. was the plot of Working Girl. Sigourney Weaver, let's <laughs> buy a radio station together. Oh, I didn't hear you. I'm too busy seducing Harrison Ford. La da da. Ah, but I'm gonna keep talking like this. Um, well, Working Girl, I do business. It's her ultimate form is to fuse with somebody else. <laughs> I was born yesterday. <laughs> so, uh, who did you have, Steve? I showed my cards a little bit earlier, but I'd like to see a John Waters version of this. <laughs> yes. You could have Divine playing the roles of both Nathan and Teresa. Yes. Nice. And the leftover children from uh, the Brady Bunch could be... There had, there had to be some kids that were guest stars for like, you know, back end pilots. You ever see a couple times you'll see a Brady Bunch where like they're oh, trying to yeah. launch another yeah. show. Murder she There's wrote like and married with Ken children Barry adopted some kids or something. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or maybe just Joni and Chachi. Call it the assignment I'm, sure, I'm sure John Waters would It works. <laughs> yeah. And then it. Vincent Price shows up and one of them has to soil themselves. Yeah. <laughs> were y'all able to come up with any cagey wisdom? Never live in the country. Raise those alpacas in town. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> whenever you're going to do a interview about a meteor, make sure nobody says UFOs because then they're going to think you also believe in UFOs. And then somebody will have to sing Doctor, Doctor, Please. <laughs> or that, I guess, because why not? <laughs> Steve, were you able to come up with any, any wisdom? Yeah, if you're going to buy alpacas, you get that insurance. Yeah. <laughs> This not shit's not like an option, car, son. An you lock down that insurance. <laughs> Mine was that alpacas are the animal of the future. Animal of the future. <laughs> of the future. <laughs> well, well, so well. This is the part where I say, please, please, please listen, follow, rate, and review Cage's Kiss on Apple Podcasts and in Podchaser, especially on that Apple Podcast. Uh, helps other people find us, and uh, a bunch of good things happen. And um, you might get sexual pleasure out of it. I hope um, we'll definitely be sending that those thoughts to you. Um, check out our stuff on YouTube. It has that awesome Adrian. Mar- Adrian. Oh. And uh, check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash cages kiss, where you can find the commentary track uh, that we created for, uh, for Colorado. Raw Space. impressions, people. And uh, 
Yeah, and we have a bunch of fun stuff on there, like free ringtones. Uh, Adrian created uh, some awesome stickers. Uh, we have some I stickers, buttons, yeah. and uh, such. And uh, just last month, we played. Um, we had a, a, a gameplay session. Yeah, Phasmophobia, which was all Donnie's uh, plan, and it was a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, for just a dollar uh, a month, you can join us and uh, be one of join us. Join us. And, ooh, for, was it was it $30 a month, I think, you can get uh, an Adrian sketch? I think we said that, yeah. And for $20 a month, you can get video, uh, live video feed of Donnie punching Adrian. <laughs> yeah. We'll set that up any day now. <laughs> oh, yeah. pack of your face. <laughs> still waiting for carlos to give the green light for his yeah. <laughs> remember you can find cages kiss on facebook uh instagram and on twitter at cages kiss you can visit our website at cageskiss.com uh where you could find uh some of adrian's non-cage art uh you can also find some of donnie's awesome reviews and you can find our uh episode notes uh you can also write to us at cageskiss at gmail.com uh, check out my other podcast about witches and histories and stories of all uh, genres, all kinds. Uh, also, uh, uh, we sometimes uh, cover awesome animals in history and heroic uh, awesome animals. Like mouth! And um, yeah, right. called, uh, it, the show's called Bed Knobs and Broom Flicks. Uh, it's got licks at the end, so you know it's enjoyable. Um, but yeah, so now I could stop talking because I need to go die. Uh, Adrian, can you tell people how but to wait, find you? But wait, you necrophiliac <laughs> corpse, you. <laughs> you also are a part of When Girls, when were, girls golden, were Golden. Golden Girls podcast. Uh, it's sadly on hiatus. It's about that golden Here age. Lynn and I are both a part of Coyote's Bluff. Bluff. Radio audio drama. Yeah, check out Coyote's Bluff, and uh, you can check me out as Lila in Dispatches of Disassociation. Gonna see Miss Lila. Thank you, Donnie, because uh, brain is not working now. It's kind of done. You lose brain cells when you die. Linda's okay. teaching us that. Adrian, where Slowly. can the people find you? I am Leo the Fox on Patreon and on DeviantArt. It's the one that's all lowercase, all run together, all one word. There are other Leo the Foxes online, but I'm the only one with a DeviantArt account with 3,000 artworks on it. And uh, I just got a blogger account this week. We're going to see if that comes to anything. That's Adrian Aiden Smith Artworks. And uh, I'm on YouTube and Goodreads and follow me various places. Please, please give me money. I could really use some. Yeah. I'll draw you some shit. <laughs> yeah. This is Leo the Fox. There are many like it, but this one is mine. Well, there, there, <laughs> there, are also, Leo the Fox. there are also many Adrian Smiths. <laughs> That's why the blogger's under my full name. <laughs> yes. I can see that. Uh, Donnie, where can the people find you? Um, usually in the peep store, like, I don't know, between noon and three, Ooh. I kind of just hang out there by the wall. Uh, otherwise you can find me as the boy who blew on Pornhub. I'm also Unreal Goals on Twitter and Lakua Blue on the Twitch. I also have under Unreal Goals, the Wisdom in the Bottle, which I'm getting ready for my film reviews to start coming out, where I'm going to be doing drinking while watching these films and then talking about them, which I also did as a Gonzo-style review on our Cages Kiss website under Cages Kiss slash Donnie's Reviews, 
where I just talked about Little Monsters, the Fred Savage film from 1989. And you really should check it out, the movie itself as well, because I want to know people's thoughts on what kid was doing enough cocaine back then to consider two pieces of white bread, peanut butter, and two whole sections of onion in the middle to be a sandwich that you want to enjoy. (laughs) Because apparently, he did. I don't know. We ate some weird shit as kids. Thank you, I Howie think Mandel. The weirdest thing I can say you and I ever ate that was absolutely delicious was taking Wonder Dog Bread. Biscuits? No, it's getting Wonder Bread <laughs> and you put uh, little Hershey's Kisses on it and then you <laughs> melt it in the microwave for like 10 seconds or so and then put another piece of bread over it with peanut butter. And for some reason, it was delicious mm-hmm. as a kid would imagine it. I don't know why we have a weight problem. <laughs> yeah (laughs) i mean people can try it now and you won't have to worry your diabetes will not kick in for another 10 years i promise you (laughs) so steve can you tell us about your awesome shows sure um so my podcast is origin of species um that's speak c-i-e-s um every week my friend scott and i we examine the history um and origin behind different words and phrases um some recent episodes we've had included (sighs) virtue signaling uh, conspiracy theory, throw the baby out. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Spoiler alert, you don't want to throw the baby oh, out. That's not good. That kind of avoids the war. And we also, we try to have at least uh, one special guest every month, and I will announce here on this show that um, one of my great cinematic heroes is going to be our guest <gasps> in December from the King of Kong, Billy Mitchell. Holy shit. So the next time you guys see me online, my hair will look a lot better because I'm going to get some hair <laughs> tips from him to get some magnificent, Damn, well, you should. luminous. I mean, that's that's the whole reason we really set him up for that is just to, we're going to talk about your hair for 45 minutes so we can look as good as you do. <laughs> that is so awesome. Give me your head with hair. <laughs> but you can find us. You can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever new weird thing's been invented <laughs> now and when this will be released. And also on Twitter and Instagram. Fine species, wherever fine podcasts are sold. And I was just listening to your uh, your guys' episode uh, today about uh, was it Roll Tide and uh, and Crimson War Eagle. Yeah, we did the history behind the the battle cries of the Alabama football team and also the Auburn Auburn University football team. They have their big uh-huh. Iron Bowl game coming up. Oh, man. And again, it was some stealth marketing for the ladies. So I'm glad Linda it worked. We <laughs> snagged you in with it. Oh, I fell prey to marketing strategies again. You did. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, oh my God. And Billy Mitchell is in, um, fuck, he was in Top Secret, wasn't he? Was he? No, this this guy is the champion Donkey Kong world Oh, the king of Kong, the king of quarters. The DVD had some really sweet uh, artwork on the on the back of the main sleeve, if you, if you turn it around. And it's one of those movies that, you know, like some people now have revisited The Karate Kid to see, like, Johnny as the hero. Some people, like, see Billy Mitchell as the villain of this movie, but I think that he's been framed and done wrong. So if you get a chance, if you've seen that movie, you'll understand what I'm saying. Check it out. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, We were uh, definitely happy to have you on here. And well, thank you so yeah. much for having me here. I, If you would have told me a couple weeks ago, my Friday night would be spent discussing Nicolas Cage and Alpacas, 
frankly, that was probably on the table of of happening, but to get to do it with you guys. It's it's a joy and a pleasure. So thank you so much for having me. We'll have to have you have to return the favor. Have you guys come visit us sometime? Oh, definitely. Um, I've always been intrigued by like the history of words and phrases, especially bad words. What are words for? <laughs> when nobody. <listens. laughs> uh, you'll be hearing from us next week when we cover running with the devil, which you could stream for free. <laughs> Enjoyed by uh, by either a friend or some friends from uh, Capes on the Couch. So really excited, good times. And uh, if you don't have a subscription to Hulu, you can find it on the uh, the usual platforms: uh, Amazon Prime, Redbox, Apple, whatever. Um, but yeah, so good times, guys. All right. Hot damn. What are you doing here? Why aren't you dead still? Why are you here? Yo, why don't you just fuck off? I don't know how to be better, and I'll fuck off out of your face. Go feed your mother. The torch has been passed. I could eat a page for hours. Please. <laughs>